Braden, it was just April Fool's Day. What is the best slash worst April Fool's joke you have ever had? Okay, I, I have I have several stories, but this specific one was a joke played on me and some of my friends by a boss of ours. Now, today we're going to learn to announce to the world with our challenges that there is a God. Welcome. It's great to have you today. My name is John. And my name is Brayden. John, before I tell you my crazy April Fool's story, I would like to hear one of your stories. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to preface this story by saying, I was not involved... And so, if there's if we get any ang- any angry letters, it's not even your story. That's not fair. They <laughs> need to be directed at you. What? Yes. I also was not involved. <laughs> All right. So this story is actually involves my dad. When he was a university student, he was a laborer throughout the summers. The crew he was on was one big crew of practical practical jokers. They were a lot of fun guys. Now, one of the guys accidentally hit a fox with his truck on the way to work. Now he picked up the fox off the road. And he placed it where it would scare one of his buddies. Now, the poor guy comes across the worksite to his truck and opens up the toolbox in the back of his truck. And as the door popped open, the fox came straight at his face. Uh, the poor guy fell back, scared, and everyone had a good laugh. So, yeah. Angry <laughs> letters at Britain. <laughs> All right. I'm sure there is a few animal lovers out there who weren't. Aren't thrilled about the story? No. Um, the animal was not intentionally harmed. No, but the laughs were intentional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, it probably does cross some line, but you can't deny that it was uh, It'd be terrifying. It's a good story, though. Yeah. So let let's let's hear your story. Okay, mine is uh, probably more tame. That's good. And um, okay, so here it is. I have these two other friends. I mean, I have like more than just two other friends. Just two? <laughs> just two. Uh, but they're in the story. So we all used to work together in an office setting and they were both very design oriented. You know, they liked writing. They did creative things. Kind of like you. Kind of like me. Uh, so the three of us would often talk to our boss for long hours about, you know, the importance of how things looked, fonts, colors, paper, thicknesses, etc. Real boring stuff unless you were one of us and we really enjoy it very important to us so one day we come into the office and our boss has some really important posters that we had been working on for a long time and these things are going to go out to like a lot of like important people wow old folks like you john would receive this poster and we and i need to be impressed you need to be impressed and so we had worked really hard uh to make it all look really good and the three of us were all there to just approve kind of the the proofs they're called which is like a test print. And then we're saying, okay, good. Go ahead and and send it off to everyone. Well, we get into this meeting room and our boss had changed everything about the work that we had done. (sighs) She'd made the colors really bad. The paper was neon bright. There was like five or six different fonts. You you guys must've been freaking out at this point. So it was horrible. For anyone who knows, Comic Sans is the worst choice of font. And Comic Sans- It's so bad. No, it's awful. Comic Sans was all over this stuff. So we're all freaking out, but it's still our boss. So like internally freaking out, screaming on the inside. And then she so, quiet. So there's like this awkward moment yes. of like, oh my goodness, we like, can't we... let this go out. But how do we have this conversation? Exactly. Because oh. like she gets to make the last choice. But do we, do we say something? We've already said something. So we're freaking out. She quietly starts to laugh. 
And then, and then we know, right? And then, so she then tells us she faked the whole thing, only printed a few copies of this really ugly design. And it was like a sigh of relief, but also so stressful and That's hilarious. so funny. <clears throat> I, I loved, and, and pretty elaborate, like. It was a good, it was well thought out. That's what makes it even more funny. Because she got all three of you. I know. That's so good. And you're standing there sweating. It was, yeah. Whew. All right, so. Well, let's get into our story. A little background information for us. Yes. Okay. So last week we uh, kind of met this uh, kid for the first time. His name was David. He was summoned by Saul to play the harp or the lyre, depending on what. Um, yeah, different translations. Yeah. In, uh, translate an instrument differently. So. Uh, and he was summoned to play that to ease Saul's troubled mind and heart. King Saul really actually liked David and asked him to stay in his service as his armor bearer. Um, and then in that story or through that story, we learned to, to let our faith lead just as David did. Okay. So thinking of one lesson that I had to learn in Mm -hmm. life, that was that, you know, it's this, it's that too many practical jokes will make it, you know, pretty difficult for others to trust me. So, you know, I've learned that there is a time and place for jokes and tricks. Well, have have you learned that or <laughs> i mean i'm i am on the receiving end of a lot of practical uh, jokes you are yeah, around here you and are. i am never sure if my shoes are going to be in the same place that i left them yeah, okay <clears throat> fair enough yep so let me rephrase it i continue to learn this le- lesson but just imagine me in my teenage years through like my early 40s you're still in your early 40s yes <laughs> so you are still <laughs> learning it is a relatively uh, new lesson that john learned that's right that's right. So you're probably wondering what this has to do with our story. So, yes. so David wanted to gain Saul's trust. Trust, right. and I don't. I don't think Saul was the guy to play an April Fool joke on. Um, right. So he did not put a fox. In no, his that would truck. be a bad idea. Not that he would have had a truck at that that point, but maybe yeah. he had a chariot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're right, Saul. Uh, Especially at this time, was still being like quite troubled and had known that he would be replaced by, you know, he, he's a serious guy. At least mm-hmm. that's how it reads. Um, okay, so imagine these two large armies in this story, right? We got the Philistines and then we have the Israelites uh, lining up, which Saul would be the current king of Israel still, yep, of the Israelite right. army. Um, and they would line up every morning and, and armies used to do this and they would send like their strongest people to fight instead of just a big massacre and right. not knowing who won. Um, and so they'd stand on opposite sides of this valley and face each other. And it was like be really tense. It was. So allow me to read a bit about this Philistine champion. Right. And this is from 1 Samuel 17, 4 to 11. So they'd, they'd both, uh, both sides would choose a champion to send out. Yeah, if they had one. I forgot to say that. Yeah, (laughs) if they they had one. one. All right. So then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail uh, weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam. I don't know what a weaver's beam, but it sounds heavy. <laughs> it sounds heavy and thick. Yeah. Now, it was tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him, carrying a shield. 
Now Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Yeah, it, that is not someone you'd want, you know, uh, to go fist to fist with. No chance. Um, Yeah, it sounds like Goliath was huge and really Mm -hmm. scary. And he would come out every single morning and taunt the Israelite army, challenging them to a fight to the death. Like this was high, the highest of stakes. No thanks. I would have been, I would have been terrified. Yeah. So one morning, Jesse, who we spoke about in our last episode, sent his youngest son, David, to the battlefield where the three oldest brothers were. Now, Jesse wanted to get a report about how they were doing and how the Israelite army itself was doing. So he gave David a little care package for the captain and had hoped that he would get good news in return. All right. So I'm, I'm sure Jesse was worried about his boys. Yeah. And, you know, when David arrived, Goliath came out as, his, as he usually did, and he challenged and he insulted and taunted the Israelite army. But nobody Nobody was willing to stand up to Goliath. It was like crickets out there. It's yeah. like silence. And, and so, and it's kind of obvious, right? Yeah. Why he, they, nobody wanted to. The odds are not in the no. challenger's favor. No. Um, so when David heard Goliath, and then, and then he also heard about a reward that King Saul had offered for anyone who was victorious over Goliath, he wanted to know if that, was actually true if this uh, reward. Yeah. If it was just a rumor. Or, yeah. And yeah. What, was, what was the reward? I, the reward was uh, his, Saul's daughter in marriage, okay. uh, which is a whole nother issue. Uh, but uh, so his daughter, Hannah in marriage, but his family, yeah. it, whoever was victorious over Goliath, his whole family would have been uh, exempt from taxes. It's a big wouldn't, deal. Wouldn't have had to pay taxes. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so David finds out that this is true. And he, you know, he walked around, he was asking people and everyone's confirming that that is indeed the, the promise of Saul. And it didn't take long before Saul kind of, you know, caught wind of this and immediately called for David. Right. And so when David arrives and meets with Saul, he says, don't worry about the Philistines. I'll go fight him. Uh, this is where the practical joke comes in. <laughs> right. You, right. So you can imagine Saul laughing, right? And, and, and we mentioned it last week. We haven't mentioned it this week. Uh, David is the smallest and youngest. And, and it talks about in the Bible, like his, his prettiness. Well, he's just a boy. Like soft. Like he's just a young teenager yeah. still. Yeah. Right. So. And okay. So imagine Saul like bursting into laughter. Yeah. He would be like, you... You know, and and Saul had led the Israelite army. He'd seen strong men for years. He thought David was being utterly ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. David was just a boy and and Goliath was a trained nine foot tall warrior. You know, a hundred times David's size, basically. Um, Still, David persisted and convinced Saul to let him go. So Saul dressed him in his own armor and got him ready for battle. 
Yeah, but Saul's armor was too big, right? Yep. David was just a boy, and he was young, and, and none of that armor would fit, and so he, could, he couldn't move freely enough in it so he, to, to even have a chance against Goliath. So he takes off all the armor, and he goes down to the stream and picks up five smooth stones, and he arrives on the battlefield with just, get this, with just his sling yep. and a shepherd's staff. A stick, basically. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, not a stick that's just going to break if you No, smack, like a, bran- but like, a branch. But, like, this is, like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, okay, so listen to what Goliath says when he sees David. This is 1 Samuel 17, uh, verses 41 to 44. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David that you have come to me with a stick. And he cursed David by the name of his gods. Come over here and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath yelled. No, now David begins to monologue. This is like, this is hilarious. Because you see this in like superhero movies. Yeah. Like the good guy versus the bad guy. And they're kind of. They both have their time to talk before yeah, they, they fight for whatever like, reason. Like, really, we're just, let's like, who would give the other person that much time to fight or no. to talk before a fight? I wouldn't. Anyway, Dave begins to monologue like a superhero right before he does battle with this quote unquote super villain of like Goliath. And it's worth me reading David's response, okay? So David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Now today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. Then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you us bold statement a really bold <laughs> statement so with that i mean david is like brave i i can't like yeah like I'll some s- would call him stupid yeah and others would call him brave but he's at got this point because they like remember the israelite soldiers they don't know the end of the story no. right and and you know what it does just a call back to one of our our previous stories it reminds me of when samuel was uh, fighting the battle and they were surrounded by an army and Samuel knew that there was like more than just the battle on the battlefield. Mm. He kind of had the confidence of God because he could see all those chariots of fire. Like that was his, um, yeah, it was like, it was like bravery and some would say stupidity, but it was this God given confidence. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So with that, with that, David Wren, ran toward Goliath, picked up one of those stones out of his bag, put it into his sling, which is kind of like an old school slingshot, and he shoots it at Goliath. It hits Goliath right between the eyes. Goliath falls face down. He is knocked out cold. Yeah, and David then runs up to Goliath, takes Goliath's massive sword, which I'm like, I'm trying to imagine David being able to even like pick this thing up. Yeah. And he cuts off Goliath's head. Super gross. Now, the Philistine and the Israelite armies are all standing there. I imagine them like just in silence and disbelief for a moment. No one expected this outcome. 
You know, the silence is broken with the Israelites shouting their battle cry. The Philistines quickly run away, and the Israelites chase them down, and, and they kill them as they are trying to escape. The Israelite army killed many, like lots of these Philistine soldiers that day. So the story then ends with Saul and David face-to-face having a conversation, and, and Saul is asking him, David, this. He says, tell me about your father, young man, said Saul. And David replied, his name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. Right. I think last week, your translation of, of, of the town Bethlehem was like Bethlehemite. Yeah. Something like that. But it was like a... Same town, ESD just a different version. translation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, kind of like... And, and Saul was talking with David at this point because like there was a reward. Right. Right. And so, asking about his father, Jesse, because... You know, that whole family would have been tax-free at that point, yeah. which is pretty sweet. Um, so I think the lesson today is really straightforward. Listen to David's words to Goliath and to all the soldiers while he was kind of doing this monologue thing. He says this, The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. That's, mm. I think that's our lesson. Yeah. Goliath and the Philistines were not just you know, challenging Israel, but they were defying that Israel's God even existed, let alone that he would rescue them. Yet David, even though he was probably quite scared, stood up to Goliath. He believed that God would help him and that as a result, the whole world would come to know that there is a God in Israel. So our lesson is this, as you face challenges, align yourself with God, just like David did. God will help you And as he does, the people all around you will see that there is a God and that you follow him. There is a God. What an important lesson for us and our world to learn today. Growth Tip Time! Growth Tip Time! A growth tip is a way for each of us to grow up in a relationship with Jesus. Okay, so think about a challenge and then write down your superhero monologue facing that challenge. And I'm serious. Write it down and write down why God will help you and how the whole world will know, or at least the people around you will know, that there is a God that you follow. No, this is going to be fun. And you might feel a little silly and and that's okay. But as you do this, you will see how some of your preconceived ideas about God may be challenged. So jump into this with both feet and write your superhero monologue. Remember, there is nothing more important than a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. All right, please get registered at covenantbay.ca for our summer camps this summer. We would love to spend time with you out here. Absolutely. The weather's getting nice and I'm ready for summer camp to happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We love you guys. We are praying for you each and every day. Have a wonderful week. 